Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, I do appreciate everybody being a part here, and I encourage you to uh, pass the word about these times together, okay? That's how we let everybody know. And if you uh, feel like the Lord is leading you, go to my uh, website or to the uh, uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon website, and you can see how you can sort of support these times together. We're in the book of John in the seventh chapter, the seventh chapter of John, and as we have seen, uh, things are intensifying. The religious rulers are really, really coming against Jesus. They're listening to what he's saying. They're beginning to understand some of what he's saying, and they're greatly offended by it. They were offended by what he did, healing on the Sabbath and things like that. And now they're hearing what he's saying, and they're also hearing what the people are saying. So I'm going to back up a couple of verses where we were in the last episode and pick up at verse 25 to set the context for what's said later. So verse 25, so some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, is this not the man whom they were seeking to kill? Look, he is speaking publicly, and they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? However, this is verse 27, however, we know where this man is from, but whenever the Christ may come, no one knows where he is from. So you see a couple things right here. The people were asking questions, wait a minute. Is this not the one that we heard through the grapevine that they were seeking to kill, and yet he's publicly talking? So does this mean that they really think that he is the Messiah? But, you know, we, we've always been told that we didn't know where the Christ was going to be coming from. No one knows where he's from. Well, the Scripture had told where he was coming from. This sort of shows you that the populace as a whole had not been taught the Word of God. <laughs> Sounds familiar, doesn't it? They didn't know what the Word of God said about the coming of Christ. So they're sitting there going, wait a minute, we know where he's from, but nobody knows where Christ is from. The uh, Jewish leadership knew where Christ was from, but they may not have known the whole story about where Jesus is from. So verse 28, then Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, and notice he's crying this out. He is shouting this out to where people can hear it. You both know me and know where I am from, and I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. And if you remember everything that we've seen up this point in time, how he kept driving home this point, driving home this point, that the Father sent him. Uh, see if I remember these numbers. I don't have them in front of me. But I believe 39 times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says something about the Father had sent him. And in the first eight chapters, I think he says it 22 times in the first eight chapter. And over in the eighth chapter, which we'll get to shortly, uh, I think he says it five times in that chapter. <laughs> he keeps telling them, I am from the Father. The Father is the one who sent me. He is the true one, but you don't know him. Verse 29, Jesus says, I know him because I am from him and he sent me. So again, he's just reiterating that he's from the Father. He speaks what the Father says. He does what the Father tells him to do. He keeps repeating this over and over and over. Now, verse 30. So they were seeking to seize him, and no man laid his hand on him because his hour had not yet come. 
we're actually going to see that mentioned uh, several times, you know, that uh, they tried to arrest him. They tried to do some things. They tried to seize him, but no one could touch him because his hour had not yet come. Uh, particularly over the end of chapter 8, there's actually a, sort of a cool thing that happens right there, which I'm sort of curious about. I don't know exactly what all it means, but there's some interesting possibilities there. Now, verse 31. But many of the crowd believed, and they believed in him. And they were saying, when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than these, which this man has done, will he? And so the, what's being said here is the whole purpose of the gospel of John. Remember when John wrote this, he sat down and wrote it to where people would know that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Messiah, and that by knowing this, that they would believe and be saved. And the way he uh, did that was to reveal certain signs that Jesus did. And that's what the crowd right here brings up. They're saying, hey, you know, when the Christ comes, he's not going to perform more signs than this guy has, will he? They're beginning to see some things right here. They're saying, well, he, he fits the profile of what we do know about the Christ. Well, you can imagine how the, uh, the Pharisees and the religious leadership is going to respond to that. Verse 32 tells us, the Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to seize him. They'd finally had enough. They were trying to entrap him. They were trying to trip him up. They were trying to sneak up after a, a feast and grab him and do some things like that. And But now they're just saying, hey, we're just going to send some people out there and just get him because he's being so disruptive. And you notice uh, it's, it's the top dogs here of the leadership, the chief priests and the Pharisees were the ones who sent the officers out to get Jesus. Well, we're going to stop right there and we'll pick it up next time. But know this, that even as it is in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the life of the believer, uh, nothing is going to happen to us outside the time and the God. Okay, you see things intensifying. You see particularly religionists coming against Jesus. Same thing happens in the church today. You speak the word of God. You teach the word of God. You preach the word of God. You can share the truth of the word of God with people. And you can expect uh, those of the Pharisee mindset, of the Sadducee mindset, of the religionist mindset who are not true believers. They may be leaders. They may be high up in leadership, but they're not true believers. You can expect them to resist. You can expect them to do all sorts of things, uh, even as uh, uh, they did with Jesus of seasoning. But don't fear those things because nothing can be done to us outside the perfect time of God. And that is a great place to rest. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.